0: Matt Step, have we ever, I mean, literally ever spoken
1: on a Tuesday morning? No, I can't talk to you before noon.
0: Tep and Step. Your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends, your amigos, your 2020 survivors, at least so far. So far. Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep Greg Tepper. And I'm the Step Matt Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider for this, the Week 10 edition of Tep and Step. This is a, not an international edition, but uh, but I am in the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Palatial Studios. Yes. While Matt Stepp is in the, uh, we're on the premium podcast. I don't care telling which hotel, but you're in the, the I'll, luxurious. I'll be gone
1: by. The, yeah, I'll be gone by the time you hear this. So, yeah, my, stalk, uh, the, my stalkers can't find me.
0: The luxurious Fairfield Inn and Temple.
1: That's right. That's right. The uh, accommodations are quite lovely, as 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 the Fairfield Inn is a. Uh, it's very, uh, very consistent quality there, Tepper. So, hey, Fairfield Inn, if you want to p- sponsor this podcast, we'd love to have you.
0: Yeah, yes absolutely Fairfield and that's that's what we're looking for. Um, and I guess that's a good place to start this is your week 10 preview uh, we'll probably kick around a little bit about week nine but I'm just I'm a lot more interested in moving forward um, but um, you're there because you have the dumbest week ever planned
1: yes so uh, last <laughs> night I was at a high school football game to be clear uh, to be clear again to just a time check. Today is Tuesday, so it's when Tuesday, you say yeah.
0: last night, you mean Monday night, right?
1: <laughs> as I was in Groesbeck, Texas, on Monday for Fairfield and Groesbeck, uh, it was very cold and very rainy, but it was football on a Monday. And being in Canada for two weeks, you, you miss you miss high school football a little bit. And so, as soon as I landed at the airport. My, my flight landed from Toronto at uh, 2.45. Uh, we were a little bit, little bit late because we had to get de-iced uh, in, there on the plane because it was cold. Uh, landed at 2.45, got my bags, got in my truck, and drove basically straight from the airport to Grosbeck. Uh, I made one stop at the house, changed suitcases, and then drove straight to Grosbeck. Um, I, watched- I have a question.
0: Are you, are you the first and only person to be in Ontario and in Grosbeck in the same day?
1: Man, that list has gotta be pretty small. But yeah, yeah. I was technically in in Ontario and <laughs> Grossbeck on the same day. So <laughs> think think if I asked anyone in Ontario what the mascot at Grossbeck was, do you think they'd know?
0: I bet that is a zero percent <laughs> hit rate. Except when you are there. Actually, you know what?
1: I have a qu- does your wife know? Um No. no she doesn't, know. She she doesn't know. know. No, she's she's much like Tep Wife, I think, in okay. that in that regard where she she's a she know she's in the high school football realm, but you know, the specific, the, she doesn't get into the weeds too much.
0: Yes. Okay, you know, she'll
1: it. watch a game and she'll be like, Oh, I know where that city is, you know, and that kind of thing. Or, or Oh, I like their uniforms. Like we watched a game online and she liked somebody's uniforms, you know, just, you know, stuff like that. She's you know, right. Got it. she's, no, she's it's, the, it's
0: like my wife. My wife likes Mesquite Poteet because it
1: rhymes. So yeah, yeah, I mean just, you know, stuff like that. Right. You know, like she's more, you know, you know, but, hey, she's she puts up with this stupid habit, so I love you. So so you were in Grosbeck last night. Yes. Uh, and then tonight I am going to be in Lytle for Jordanton and Lytle. Um, and then uh, Wednesday I will be making my way back to the Metroplex for um, uh, Brownwood and Walks Hatchy Life. Wednesday, and then Thursday is kind of a normal – You know, th- then it's like, oh, it's a normal schedule. I have a game on Thursday night and Friday night, so uh, – yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a fun week. We've talked about this week and 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 next I have a game next Monday night as well though. So, you know, what's up? Have a game on Monday night. It's not, so we may have to record uh again Tuesday morning next week uh wow. because I have Nevada Community and Quinlan Ford on Monday night next week.
0: Wow, get excited.
1: Yeah, get fired up. So, hey, you know what? If if I have to choose between sitting at home quarantined and watching football, then you know, let's watch some football. So, that's a that's
0: good time. Well, yep. this is your week ten. Is that right? One week ten. Yeah,
1: we are we are we, we have playoff projections up on the website. We are careening towards the playoffs for 4A, 3A, and 2A.
0: Speaking of speaking of playoff projections, I want to read a tweet uh, that I'm that I I don't like to do this on the on on the show, but I think it's a worthy tweet because I think it really sums up this this season, which is uh, and they have a they have a graphic which kind of explains more of it, but uh, it's coming to us from our friends at La Misa ISD, the Golden Tornadoes, the Mighty Golden Tornadoes.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: the, the the tweet reads. <laughs> huh. tornado it sums football. up twenty
1: twentieth. It just sums it it really
0: up. Is. <laughs> Tornado football is headed for the playoffs for the first time in eighteen years. Go Tours! Friday's tornado football game versus Brownfield has been forfeited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 about as 2020, at, a 2020 to be clear to be clear i'm not laughing at you have to laugh to keep from crying
1: you yeah. know I, mean? I mean we we hope brownfield no one's too sick and everybody's going to be okay um and congratulations to lamisa now, now to be fair to lamisa they were probably going to be get into the playoffs anyway um, I think they needed a lot to go wrong because they had already beaten Slayton head to head. I think they needed to lose to Brownfield and have a couple of other crazy things happen to to not make the playoffs. But the win just clinched it for them. The the forfeit yes. win. Did. So so congrats to Lamisa, Coach Joseph Hood, great guy, um, first year head coach there has gotten that thing uh, turned around. They've had a good year at Lamisa. Yeah. So um, you know, congrats to the to them and, and you know, it's, that's a big accomplishment to make. It's just funny seeing that you know tweet. You yeah. know, it's just kind of ironic and just. Sums it all up for 2020. So, oh
0: my gosh, it really does. I read yep. that and I just like, I just, I just like guffawed. I was like, of course, yep. like because now it's worth mentioning one other thing before we get into our week ten draft. Uh, let's talk about another extremely long, I believe the longest continuous playoff drought in the state um, is suddenly and and for and and surprisingly not for COVID reasons, but. We could have the playoff bound North Dallas Steers.
1: Uh, bulldo- bulldogs. Bulldogs.
0: Bulldogs. Why do I think Steers? Who's
1: the North Steers? side. So North side is the Steers. They broke a long streak last year.
0: North side. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. North side. North Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. So North Dallas uh, had won last week against Pinkston uh, to put themselves in position potentially for fourth place, but now. Uh, they have a, p- a chance to get as high as third place because they picked up a forfeit win over Dallas Carter, who had to forfeit three games for using an ineligible player. Um, so Carter had to forfeit the Kimball game, the North Dallas game and the Lincoln game. So what that does is puts Dallas Lincoln in the driver's seat to win the district title and puts North Dallas in it with a chance with a win over Roosevelt Thursday night in a game that I will be at to get as high as third place and clinch. A playoff spot. Um, if North, da- I think if North Dallas loses out, I think there's a chance they could they could. If North Dallas lost their next two games, I think there's a chance they could miss on some tiebreakers. But a win against Roosevelt uh, Thursday night will clinch the Bulldogs' first playoff appearance since 1952. <laughs>
0: Nineteen fifty two. Okay. Yes. I want you to think about it. that. Is eight years before the first edition of Dave Campbell's Texas football.
1: Yes. North Dallas's last playoff game was a state semifinal loss to Lubbock High in nineteen fifty-two.
0: That's uh that's a sign of the times right there.
1: Yes. Um, so if
0: you're if you're interested, technically the longest playoff drought in the state, and we talked about this before, technically belongs to one a Prairie League. Prairie Lee hasn't made the playoffs since 1944, but there's a big caveat because I think they, they, there was a long stretch. I want to say like 30 something years.
1: They dropped football. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They didn't play football. So, but North Dallas has been playing continuously since 1952. And so this would be, this would be in my, in my opinion, the longest actual playoff drought belongs to them.
1: It'd be big doings. It it would be big doings. Bobby Estes is in his second year at North Dallas. So, uh, you know, It'll, it it could, Thursday night at Franklin Field could we which I'll be there Thursday night Roosevelt North Dallas I plan on being there uh, we could see uh, history in the making.
0: Well, and by the way, look, I, this is uh, this is let me let me pull this up. What's the computer think of this? Uh, let's see North Dallas. Uh, the computer has North Dallas as seventeen point favorites. Okay. There you go. Seventeen point favorites. Uh, that win over Pinkston was was that was the one that really changed the game for them.
1: Yes, um, yes.
0: Because now now if they beat Roosevelt, they're in. So uh, we are we are we are we don't root on this team or on on this podcast, and we don't root at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. But it would be pretty cool to see. Yes, uh, if uh, a team make the playoffs for the first time since 1952. Well, we
1: All we right. do we do root against your favorite team. That's, yes, that's. that's I want to goal. be extremely
0: clear. Yeah, yeah, thank you for clarifying that. Yes, uh, otherwise people might get the wrong idea. Yeah. Um. Okay. So it is now time for our week. Um. Well, is there anything in week nine you want to kick around?
1: Um. You know, it, it, it was there. There was you know, Midlothian Heritage win over mm-hmm. Waco La Vega. I think was 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 huge. Just you know, I think Waco La Vega just. They just, there's something missing this year. I mean, I, I think we've, mm-hmm. we kind of suspected it and we kind of thought, well, maybe they'll get it together. They'll, they'll do that thing or they start to get rolling about week eight or nine. And, and we're, we're at week 10, and, and they just haven't, they, it's just not the same team that, that, that Vega has been the past couple years. So I think it's just kind of one of those things where we kind of, I think that the point got hammered home last week um i think as far as uh, a big statewide picture i think katie tompkins just continues to not let anyone score points which is a great strategy so um, super th- bold
0: strategy i'm surprised yeah.
1: people don't think do that more often um you know so i mean it's and that's that's another thing you know and obviously um, you know what happened yesterday in el paso uh, is, is was some tough news uh with socorro isd and el paso isd um putting athletics on hold um you know you know obviously it's tough what's going on in el paso right now and and, and there's yeah. Things that are more important than football, obviously. Uh, but you know, I, I, I'm, we, we kind of all feel bad for, you know, for the kids and the coaches because I, I think I don't think they're, that they, they're, you know, I don't think the football programs are the source of the issues in El Paso, but I think they're kind of collateral damage to the the whole pandemic. Mm-hmm. So you you hurt for them, especially those seniors, because now they're sitting there you know, they don't know if they're going to they're be able to finish their season. And that's, a, that's gotta be a t- terrible feeling uh, for those kids. So regardless of, of how you feel about the pandemic and unfortunately how it's been politicized um, in the end, you hurt for the kids and you feel bad for the, for, for them, um, for, for what's going on and kind of have, have, having everything in flux. So um, that was the other thing we, we kind of thought last week that things were kind of trending in the, you know, starting to hear some rumblings about that in El Paso. So, um, at least in those two school districts, things are on pause. But Isleta ISD and Clint ISD, some of the other smaller districts are still pers- proceeding forward um, with mm-hmm. athletics. So there's at least some football still being played there. But the big, two big, the two biggest ISDs in the city are paused for now.
0: Let me. I want to kind of go back to, to the the La Vega loss to Middle Heritage because I think that really brings into focus uh, something I've thought for a couple of weeks now, and I want to see if you agree. A look across the state right now, every classification. Is Argyle Lampasis the most likely state championship game at any at any level? Like, I'm starting to think, like especially like the way that things are shaking out, that like now it seems like, it, you know, Argyle's already got a win over La Vega, and it certainly seems like La Vega has not necessarily, you know, put put the pieces together quite yet. Uh, now, of course, they, they've been known to do that, but. Um the, And then, like, Region region 1, Decatur's win over Springtown, I think, at, at the very least, like, throws that in flux. Maybe Canyon mm-hmm. has something to say about it, but I think that Argyle will probably be a favorite in that semifinal. For sure, for sure. um You know, the only question for me, Region 3 is interesting in 4 Division 1 just because, like, who wants it? It could be, like, a team like like El Campo, who's looked great.
1: Yeah, Lindale, um, I think. We, yeah, Lindale, Lindale's
0: got to be discussed. Lindale, Kilgore, like a couple teams like that, but then Region Four, it's like my big question is like, can Lane Passes basically get past District Fifteen, which is the Calhoun, Calhoun, Miller district? Like, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, it, it just seems to me that like, if you were to, if you were to just say, hey, Tepper, you were in a coma for seven weeks, and by the way, we've got Argyle Lane Passes, I'd be like, that checks out.
1: I, I would agree. I think that's that's if the only other one that I think is is. As likely or maybe just slightly less likely, maybe Mart Hamlin.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: But Hamlin still has to go through Wellington. And so it's like, mm-hmm. that's one of those things where it's like, eh, you know, it's, it's I think Wellington is, is right there with Hamlin. So I think, I think Mart Hamlin lamp, lamp passes Argyle on October 27th to me, are the two, the two most likely ones at the moment. The other, the other one would be maybe,
0: um, <sighs> I guess you would say Shiner and Post, but at the same time, Shiner's got to get out of Region Four, which
1: is yep. you know they, they got to get past Furio. You know they got they have to get pa- you know I we thought last year Shiner was going to get past Furio, and for <laughs> forty seven minutes it looked like it was going to happen until all hell all hell broke loose uh, in the last minute of that game. So um, yeah, I think I, but, you know Post has got to go through San Saba and Cisco. You know that's not going to be mm-hmm. um, easy as well. So. But yeah, I, I, Argyle-Lampasas is one – I, I watched uh, Lampasas-LBJ Friday night online, and, 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 and that was a different kind of game for Lampasas to win than they usually win. And, and so mm-hmm. that, that impressed me that Lampasas was able to win a game where they really weren't clicking on all cylinders, and they kind of had to grind. They really had to grind that went out against LBJ, and they, they showed they had that ability.
0: Yeah, was, I I agree. And I thought that that was an important, it was an important win for them. Like just not, not necessarily from the standings perspective, but from an experience perspective of like, because they've blown past so many different teams. And it's like, okay, here's a team that's got athletes that are going to challenge you that you're going to have to find a way through. And they, mm-hmm. they found a way. So yeah, anyway, um, all right, let's get to our week ten draft. If this is your first episode of Step and Step, welcome. Uh, here's how it works: Steph and I go back and forth selecting games that we are most interested in uh, in week ten. Every game in the state is on the board. Uh, I guess theoretically, you could take a game as early as tonight. I'm going to get this podcast up hopefully around noon on Tuesday, so um, you could take a Tuesday game if you wanted.
1: Yeah. Uh, but yeah. any
0: game, any game between now and Saturday, yeah,
1: uh, is eligible. It's a little. It's a light um, slate on Tuesday. We only have two games today in mm-hmm. the state, and I'll be at one of them. So, but yeah, uh, you know,
0: we'll, we'll see. We'll so see. Once it's selected, then it's off the board, uh, and then we will uh, go in for. Um, and then we'll have our hipster games of the week, et cetera, et cetera, We had a coin flip before the show. Step one: the coin flip. So he gets the first pick in the week ten draft.
1: All right. Well, I'm going to go to the Brazos Valley for my. Uh, first game in a battle of 5a division two top 10 undefeated teams as Aiden consolidated who I believe is ranked third in 5a division yeah, two uh, takes on 10th ranked Huntsville uh, who broke into the rankings this week In a really uh, this game has turned into a nice little rivalry the last couple of years of both of these teams being uh, among the elite teams in, in region three and 5 ad2 it's it's going to be at Huntsville. It's going to be at Bauer Stadium, um, and I think if you like defense, this this is your kind of game because both of these teams, especially in the front seven, have just elite groups. A um, and M consolidated last week. Uh, you know, back to back shutouts. They shut out Willis two weeks ago. Last week they shut out Lamar. Consolidated fifty six to nothing. Um, you know, held held Lamar consolidated to seventy seven yards rushing, forced three turnovers, just completely dominated the game. And, and the console offense, which was, which is very young, they, they, you know, last year consolidated had those three receivers who all were went to D one schools. They, they were an offensive, you know, fireworks factory this year. They're getting it done with their defense, but that offense, you know, started to come around a little bit with Sutton Lake and Keyshawn Thomas uh, running the football. Um, Lake had an 88 yard touchdown catch as well. Kyle Willis, the, 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 new quarterback, you know, inexperienced starting to come into his own. He throws for two forty five and three touchdowns all good things that you can see Lee Fedora's team starting to kind of come together and if that offense can get rolling I think the defense is going to be their constant the problem is this week they're going up against a Huntsville team which I think some people are, are think may have the best defensive line in the state of Texas and I, I think the Hornets uh, you know have shown that all year long their defense has been locked down last week they played Rudder who Rudder has been one of the best offensive units in Texas with EJ Ezar Keithron Lee uh, a real high flying attack and, Rutter, and and Huntsville holds Rudder to 17 points. Dominates them, thirty six to seventeen. Um, you know, d- completely made Rudder one dimensional. Rudder ran for negative yards in the game. They couldn't throw. They couldn't run the ball at all. They were they were completely reliant on the passing game. And when you're one dimensional like that against that Huntsville defensive line, that that's disaster because those defensive ends pin their ears back and just can get after the quarterback and not even worry about the running game. So, I, I think this game is going to come down to which offense can find a way to to get first downs and. and and kind of cobble together some drives because I, I don't think I, I don't think anyone's scoring 30 in this game I, I think the winner of this game is going to be in the in the low to mid 20s I think it's going to be kind of a grinded out game and I think it's going to come down it's going to be kind of an old school game and I think especially if one of these offenses can, can find a way to throw the football just a little bit that's where both defenses I think have the weakness um and mm-hmm. if you're looking at the passing game I think AM consolidated has the edge but but I think I give Huntsville Huntsville the, the pick in this game. I think it's a toss-up game, just because of home field. I think they're gonna have a really good crowd at Bowers Stadium, that they play well at Bowers Stadium. And I think that, that that's kind of the edge that I give it for this game, which really I think is a is a coin flip game.
0: So I focused a lot on the offenses because I do think that the defenses are <clears throat> largely a draw or at least close to a draw because I think that both are excellent and especially both are kind of excellent in the same way. Um, like Eric Goodman for a and is a monster up front. And then you've got that, that fantastic Huntsville defensive front as well. Um, what I'm interested in, you know, Huntsville, Huntsville's is a squad that, that kind of, kind of had to reinvent itself offensively because they were so reliant on Matthew Southern. Mm-hmm, the past few mm-hmm. years. Yep. And 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 understandably so. Matthew Southern, super good. Really good um, player. I, I so I crunch a bit of the numbers. They are like they are now they last year they they were pretty much eat, they were pretty much 50 50. It was like, I think a 52-48 run for them. This year so far, 64 uh, 38. Um, they are grinding it out on the ground. And and I wonder they're gonna need to throw, I think, to win this game. I just think Consolidated's offensive kind of diversity may end up being a little bit too much. Um, but the other thing about this game, and you mentioned this this game has kind of blossomed into a nice little rivalry. This game is like always close, like always. It's it's yep. it's like uh, I think like been decided by one possession three of the last four years, or three of the last four meetings. It's like it's very tight all the time, and so I expect a close game. Uh, yeah, I think I think this game. I think you're right. Like 28 points probably wins this game.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's going to be this this this. I'll, if if this game comes if if the score comes across and it's like forty one thirty eight I'll be shocked I think this is yeah. going to be one of those games where where um you know like I said the winner is going to get to twenty eight and it could come down which defense makes a play which defense gives their offense a better um a better a better chance to uh you know a short field those kind of I think those things are all going to be key
0: I think that's I think that's a good pick that's my that's my favorite pit uh, that's that's my favorite game of the weekend is Huntsville and consolidate and of course pickle gets to be there the big jerk. Good pick. Uh, so let's move on to my first pick. And we are going to go from 5A to 2A. And we are going to go to, right. we're gonna go to Shelby County in the beautiful Piney Woods out there in East Texas. As we get uh, a matchup of unbeatens for the district title in District 10, 2A, Division 1 as the Joaquin Rams visit the Timpson Bears. And I think it is fair to say that both of these teams have overachieved our expectations. For sure. Do you think that's fair? Um, Yeah, I think so. To put a fine point on it, uh, Joaquin, we started the year. Now, Joaquin had a great year last year. People forget. They went 10-3. They had a a great year year. Um, but we had them we had them starting the year tw- uh, in our computer rankings 25th uh, a big part of that is uh, i don't think that realignment did them any favors um, and they also they got they got they lost a lot of key players from last year's team they were they were going to be really young this year that pales in comparison to timpson because timpson was a team that we had coming off of a 5 and 6 season you know fine We had ranked 47th in uh, in our rankings and picked to miss the playoffs.
1: Boy, those guys at Dave Campbell's are geniuses.
0: They are big dopes. Um, So this game is a matchup that we did not necessarily – because remember, this is in the St. Augustine district. And St. Augustine Mm. has not just dominated their district. They have dominated the whole region for the last
1: five years. Yeah, I mean – I mean, they've, been the, they've been the team of record for sure the last five years. I think they've won three mean, straight regional titles.
0: Yeah. Four, and so now, four, I think. And they will not win a district championship because it'll either be Timson and Joaquin or Joaquin that wins a, a title this uh, this week. Mm-hmm. Um, Joaquin uh, runs the slot team. And as we are fond of saying around here, slot T is the devil. It is the devil. Um, and they are. You know how there are some of those, like, old-school uh, old school offenses that still have a bell cow? Like, uh, I think of Port LaVaca-Calhoun, okay? Port Lavoc calhoun runs that kind of flying veer type thing, but they got a guy in Steve Johnson who's like, that's the guy, you know? Um, yes. Joaquin is not that way. Joaquin is like a truly – we spread it around everybody. Like, we – You don't know which way, like, they feel like they have like four or five guys that they feel really good about carrying the ball. And, um, and, and Travon Jasmine's probably their best running back, but this is a team that, like, what I love about this, this team is they are, they are, they are just vintage football in the sense that their offense feeds their defense, like, Mm -hmm. their offense stays on the field keeps their defense fresh, and then their defense just comes out there like, we're good. Like, we only got to defend, you know, uh, a 48-minute game. We only got to defend 19 minutes. Like, we can yeah. do that.
1: Yeah. And that's and such it, a it, it, huge just, thing. it allows you to to, to – to, I mean, it really allows you from a defensive standpoint to – you don't get exposed as much defense because offenses, they have fewer plays to really probe and find your weaknesses. And when you're only out there for 17, 18, 19 minutes a game, the offense, the, off, the opposing offensive coordinator just doesn't have as much time to, to adapt to what you're doing every game. Cause there's fewer plays. So, and then there's Timpson and
0: Timpson. Um, again, another very controversial strategy for, for the bears in that they just go out there and beat the snot out of people. Like, they just, they just absolutely hammer people. And uh, it's both sides. Like, the offense is really good with quarterback LT Washington and then their running back Braden Courtney. There's, they're, they're an excellent offense, but their defense is lights out. Like, it's really good. And, and so you've got this really fascinating matchup um, of two teams that are um, that, that I think are really evenly matched, mm-hmm. the computer does like Timpson in this game, believe it or not the computer likes um, Timpson by a uh, uh, by 11, which is a little rich for my blood. Uh, but I think that again, you got to remember that the computer really values dominance and Joaquin, while Joaquin is very good, Joaquin is has only outscored people by about 200 points this year and Timpson's outscored opponents by like almost 400.
1: Yeah, so, to, you know, Joaquin, by nature, is just not going to win 65 to nothing. They're, they're going to win a lot of games, 31 to 7, 28 to 7, those well, kind of games.
0: And that is why I think the magic number for Timpson is 35. Okay. If they can get to 35, I'm just flat out, I'm just not sure Joaquin can get there. Um, They can under the right circumstances. And they, they, go five I, for,
1: they, they probably have to go five for five. You know, they right, literally exactly you know, that score every time they touch the ball.
0: And this is this is a game where if you tell me the number of possessions in this game, I can tell you who won. Mm-hmm. That like if 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 each team has the ball nine times, Timpson won that game. Like, yeah, but if each team has the ball five times, six times, then like that's where that's where Joaquin wins. Um I love this game. Uh by the way, Timpson looking for their first outright district title since nineteen ninety three.
1: Wow. Um, so. Kerry Thurwinger's done a great job at Timpson. You know, he had a really good run at Lovelady. I think he mm-hmm. took him to a state semifinal one year when they lost to Refurio, and he's gone over to Timpson and kind of taking Timpson. I mean, this is they're nine and oh. I mean, this is yeah. unbelievable heights for the Bears. And I, and and to for mm. them two weeks ago to to beat San, Like Refurio did doesn't beat St. Augustine. Last year Refurio, I mean St. Augustine lost by forty two. That just doesn't happen. Like, like Winsboro played St. Augustine and didn't beat beat St. Augustine by that margin. And Winsboro just got done beating Mount Vernon. I mean, that just shows you how impressive yeah. Timpson has been. So, um, I mean, their closest game is 16 yeah. points this year. This the, would also
0: be the, just the second undefeated regular season in Timpson program history. You got to go back to 1975. Wow. A lot of time they did that. And so, yeah, um, Eakin Stadium there in Timpson is going to be, that's the place to be in Shelby County because you could see some history there. Uh, I'm very excited about Joaquin and Timpson. That is my favorite. That is my, I, 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 it's, it's, it's like one in one A because like Huntsville and Aiden Consolidated, I feel like is a perfect example of a, of a game where we will learn a lot about both of those teams. But like if you're looking for like a playoff start early type game, like it's Timpson and Joaquin. Yeah, so, for sure. I am, I'm very excited about it. And by the way, by the way, um, let me make sure I'm not speaking out of my butt here. But You'd uh, never do that. Yeah, I know. Um, tell me who's going to beat the winner of this game in the region.
1: I mean... Like, are listen, you a believer in Normandy? I would take Timpson or Joaquin over Norman G at the moment. I uh, would too. You know, I would... Are you a believer in Hearn? Uh, Hearn's got a big game this week too against against Thorndale. Haw- Hawkins? Are you a believer in Hawkins? I mean, it's like there's a Yeah. There's a lot of questions in region three for sure. It's 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 I mean the last it's been St. Augustine in the field the last few years, and this year I I think it's just wide open.
0: Yeah, it's 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 really interesting. And so a lot at stake here, and and uh it'll be a lot of fun there at Egan Stadium in tent 10, 10, on Friday
1: night. All right, what is your second fan? I'm going to head up to the Panhandle to Kimbrough Stadium where the Dumas Demons visit the Canyon Eagles uh, in a game that, that is probably going to decide the District 3-4A Division I title. Um, mm-hmm. It you know Last year when Dumas played Canyon, this was the game where Canyon got a bunch of guys hurt and it kind of derailed their entire season. And it really propelled Dumas to their 13-1 season a year ago. Um, the roles are a little reversed this year because – Canyon comes in as the favorite. They're 7-0, 1-0 in district. Dumas is 7-1. I mean, it's not like they're chopped liver. But that that bad performance against Stephenville still kind of is lingering for me when you talk about what mm-hmm. Dumas, Dumas does. Now, they've been good since then. They, they, they blew out Plainview. Last week, they blew out Hereford. Uh, you know, Jacob Morris and Spencer Williams, a quarterback, were, were, were outstanding in the defense, which really against Stephenville had no answers, played really well, only allowed 10 points but they played Plainview view in Hereford. They haven't really played anyone of Stephenville's caliber and this week is their first t- first real test since that loss. So I'm gonna be very interested to see if Aaron Dunham's defense ha- makes some adjustments against a high powered Canyon offense led by quarterback JD4 uh, and company. Now Canyon last week, well, it, I, if you would have told me that Canyon and Pampa would have been a 21 to 7 game, I, I would have told you you were crazy because I thought that game was going to be in the 40s. And Canyon's defense really impressed me, containing a really high-powered Pampa offense, holding them down to seven points. And they they forced a lot of turnovers. Their 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 front seven was was really really dominant. So um, if if Canyon plays defense like that, I think D four that offense will will, will fi- find their rhythm and, and get going, and, and potentially propel the Eagles as the. I, I mean, right now, would you be? Would, I mean. Would it be crazy to say that Canyon is, is the favorite in 4 a division one region one right now?
0: Boy, I don't think yeah. it's crazy. That, you know, the, um, no, it's not crazy. The only the only thing would be maybe like it's Decatur, right? But that's but Decatur or Springtown. But other than that, yeah, I think you're right.
1: So I, I it's gonna be a big game. There's gonna be a big crowd. I mean, Kimbrough Stadium is a big venue. Dumas mm-hmm. travels well, Canyon's gonna have a big crowd. I mean, we're you know we're talking about a stadium that seats, I think, you know, up, upwards of twenty thousand. So I bet we'll have mm-hmm. eight or nine thousand people at this eight or nine thousand people at this game. So this will be a real big game type atmosphere up there in the Panhandle. So I'm, I'm really excited to see this game. I like Canyon. I, I just think they're playing well. And that that, that bad Dumas game against Stephenville is kind of I I I need Dumas to win that game before I can trust them again. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. It's like it's one of those things that. um if Dumas wins this game, it's like all is forgiven, and you're like, "Oh, okay, never mind." Mm-hmm. They just had one bad game, and and you just chalk that up to a, to an off week. But uh, but that's the only kind of flaw on the resumes here, and as a result, like it's probably the you know it's probably what we've got to look at. So yeah, um, I'm I, I think it's a, I think it's a fun matchup up there in the Panhandle. All right, I am going to go to Bearcat Stadium in Ballinger for my pick. Oh yeah,
1: for this its is a U- good one.
0: District. Two three A Division two title as uh, Ballinger welcomes in the Bangs Dragons and if you're thinking, huh, I haven't thought about Bangs in a hot second. Um, you know that's uh that's okay. Uh, yeah. They went six and five last year, but like they haven't had like a, a really good year since uh, since 2013, basically. Um, that that was like their really good year. Uh, But this is a Bangs team that is uh, really, really intriguing for a lot of different reasons. They can beat you in a variety of different ways. Um, And what you're going to see is a fantastic offense with Ethan Cortez, the quarterback, and Ethan Sanchez, the running back, for Bangs, going up against a legit like nightmare defense on the Ballinger side. Like Ballinger's defense has been yeah, that's, really good. Yeah. And and furthermore, and I've Ballinger seen Ballinger is,
1: this year and, and and they're the real deal. That defense is is I have seen him in person. They're the real deal.
0: Well, and that that defense is the the thing about it is that they've had to be that good. Because the offense is it's it's fine, but like they don't win like that. They win
1: low scoring. It's not they an won. explosive dynamic. Yep.
0: No, exactly. And so that's kind of the main event here. Um it is worth mentioning. That, you know, I mentioned that 2013 was the last time Bangs was pretty good. They went, I think, 9-3, nine 9-4 and, nine and that year. Uh, do you know who the coach of that
1: Bangs team was? Uh, was that uh, – gosh, it's, it's a familiar name. Is It wasn't Jason Herring. Um, oh, no. No, in 2013? Yeah. No. No. That was uh, – that Herring, was Chuck at Sonora. Lipsy, sorry. Lipsy. That's right. Who is the head coach at? Clifton now, right? ballinger that's right, right? no chuck yeah. Caniford's at clifton Caniford's at clifton yeah. Can- sorry I got, clifton. My, I got my chucks mixed up
0: it's a it's a it's a chuck fest around here yes yeah uh yes chuck
1: Lipsy <laughs> coaching against be his careful old with fame. that be careful saying chuck fest be careful
0: <laughs> so so <laughs> here's 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 the knock on bangs the knock on Bangs is if you want to say they haven't played anybody. Uh, I okay. can agree with you. Yeah. Uh, now their best win is over Holly, Hawley, and Holly's good. I like Holly a lot, but that's a two A. Exactly. Um, this is a this is a bona fide test. This is an on the road against an excellent Ballinger team with a district title on the line, looking for your first district title since 08, this is a huge test for Bangs, and a lot of this comes down to I think the first quarter, because Ballinger has to play from ahead. They have to. If they yes. if, if they don't jump if they don't jump out to an early lead, they're toast. And in they're fact, they're not built you like saw, that. Yeah. yeah, and you saw what happened when they don't because they played Lano, and respect to Lano, Lano's a good team, but they they fell behind against Lano and they never got up. Like that's it. Yeah, and so. I think this game. You tell me what the score is at the end of the first quarter, and I'll tell you game on or is Bangs going to roll? Um, I think this game's really interesting. L- I think this game's a lot of fun. Um, and you know, look, I, 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 you know, from from a bigger perspective, obviously the district title has has a lot of value as well. But like, you know region two region one rather like it has canadian right you're gonna have to deal mm-hmm. with uh, with with district three eventually with canadian children spearman um i'd lose in that mix as well but like i would say this i think the winner of this game becomes like the sexy sleeper pick in region one mm-hmm. of three division two of I agree. like you know nobody, nobody's talking about banks but that's the team that can really challenge people like i don't think they're going to beat canadian but I think that they're going to be that team that we're talking about. Like, oh, keep an eye on them. They could give them a challenge. You know, the hipster, um, the hipster game. Yeah, the hipster. They, they'd be a real yeah. hipster pick. The winner of this game gets gets like hipster status when the playoffs yep. roll around. So,
1: uh, a Fun fact. Major. Would you like a fun fact about Bangs' quarterback Ethan Cortez? Of course, I want a fun fact about Bangs' quarterback Ethan Cortez. Have we met? Oh, so Ethan Cortez, who who's really been the difference maker for Bangs, transferred in this year. This is his fourth high school in four years. His dad's a coach, and so his dad uh-huh. has been basically working his way up the coaching ladder uh, the past and getting promoted. Um, he started out his high school career at Big Spring, went to Sweetwater, was at Farmersville last year, and then Bangs this year. So this is four high schools in four years for Ethan Cortez, and he's been the, well, he's the real difference he's, maker.
0: You're exactly right. He is a difference maker. So Ballinger and Bangs, it'll be a lot of fun there in at Bearcat Stadium
1: on Friday night. What is your third pick? My third pick is going to be a non-district game. And you're saying, whoa, week 10 non-district games? What are we talking about here? But I think this one is a non-district game worth talking about. As the 7-0 Grandview Zebras. It's Zebra, not Zebra.
0: Mm-hmm. My
1: wife is South mm-hmm. African. She Correct. would kill me. Well, my in-laws are South African. My wife is Canadian. But yeah. it's Zebra. Uh, visits mm-hmm. the Glen Rose Tigers in a... Game that was scheduled on Friday of last week. And you're saying, wait, Glenn Rose and Grandview, they were supposed to, they they played earlier this year, right? No. The game they they did they were scheduled to play in week four, but Grandview canceled literally on Friday night. Um they had a coach get COVID and they canceled the game. Well, they're hooking back up this week in a game that I think both of these teams really need before their playoff run, because I'm gonna be perfectly honest. The past few weeks, uh, neither one of them have been tested. Uh, the last five weeks, Graham has—I mean, Grandview has won their games by fifty-four point average, and and Glenrose has won their last five games by thirty-eight point average. So we're talking about two teams that that really need this last tune-up before what they hope are deep playoff runs. And obviously, Grandview back-to-back state champs in three division one. But I think Glenrose. Since the beginning, since that Week One win over Springtown has really just been this been this team that that has just kind of been rising up the ranks, and, and I think they they feel like they have a chance to make some noise. Now, obviously, being in being in Region Two makes things a little bit tougher for them because you got to deal with uh, Pleasant Grove and Gilmer. But I think Cliff Watkins' squad feels like they they can really uh, do some damage, and if they're going to be able to win those kind of playoff games, this is a great start um, against a Grandview team. Obviously, Grand, you know, two quarterbacks are outstanding: Dane Yench and um, Austin Worthen at, at Glenrose. Uh, both put up big numbers and lead their teams. But, but I think this game, for me, comes down to which defense is going, going to be able to get timely stops because these offenses are so powerful. And my money is on Grandview's defense. They've been in these big moments before. They've got that dude in uh, Demetrius Crown over, and I, and I think Grandview is. is gets that little bit of an edge and defensive on the defensive side of the ball. But I think this is going to be a shootout and I think it's going to be, you're going to have to score 45 to win this ball game.
0: Yeah, this is, this is pointy. Um, And, and I think that you're right um, that this is a game that both teams need Um, because look, and and we're going to talk about, um, we're going to talk about, uh, uh, you know, Grandview's path here. And when I do my pick spoiler, but, Glen Rose is is also a similar thing that like we think we think that they are a big time challenger to that East Texas district uh, in region two, a four division two. Like we think. But like, Mm -hmm. you know, like the last time they got pushed was um, months ago. And so this is a, a great test. This is a great push for both of these teams heading into the playoffs. I think that you're right. I think that this is one of those games that like if you're a Glen Rose, even if you lose this game, you can feel like you gained something important because you're going to know what that intensity feels like when you get into region when you get into region 2 um of, uh, get into the playoffs because yeah, you're going to have to run through Gilmer or Pleasant Grove. You know, you're going to have to go, run through uh, the the Mighty Foxes of Cato Mills as we give them a little bit of love. That's um right. You Know that, that's that's something you're gonna have to do, and so I'm I, I think you're right, and, and I'm glad this game got rescheduled. Um, and then if uh, the other thing is like, if you're just if you're just a um, if you're just like a like a somebody who's like, oh, tell me who the quarterbacks are and I'll tell you if I'm interested in well, then you're interested in this game. Like, Austin Worthenford for, for Glenn Rose is awesome, <laughs> he's awesome, yeah, he's very he's really impressive. good. And and we've we've I don't need to tell you guys about Dane Yench, so I'm very interested in, in this game, just a lot to learn in a kind of weird non-district showdown in week 10. Um, All right. We're going to stay in, in, in three division one region two though, for my pick, because we are going to go out to, I think this game is, yeah, it's out, out East. We're going to go to Mount Vernon, Texas uh, as Pottsboro takes on Mount Vernon. And let's just take a moment uh, to, uh, to Marvel at the absolute chaos factory that is District 5, 3A, Division
1: 1. It's fun, isn't it? It's crazy. And you you know whose fault it is? It's one team's fault. It's Winsboro's fault, right? It's Winsboro's fault.
0: This is Winsboro's fault. Because here's the thing. If Winsboro does what they're supposed to do, and Winsboro goes out there and loses to Mount Vernon last week, then this is a real easy – we're still interested in this game, but it's like there's a real easy pecking order here is that it's Mount Vernon and then it's Mineola because they have a, a close win over Pottsboro and then mm-hmm. it's Pottsboro and then it's Winsboro. Like that's that's how it goes. Instead, you now have all four of those teams, Mount Vernon, Mineola, Winsboro, and Pottsboro, all at 4-1 in district.
1: Yeah. All at 4-1 <laughs> in district.
0: And it's just it's it's nuts. Um, but Winsboro, uh, uh, Josh Finney, the Josh Finney revenge game, as Winsboro knocks off uh, Mount Vernon last week on, I believe, a last-second field goal. Yes. Um, and and so now you have this game that will at least chart the path for the rest of the of the way, because this is the last because Winsboro or Mount Vernon now has a loss to Winsboro and a win over Mineola. Mm-hmm. pottsboro has a i think they still have winsboro next week
1: yeah so pottsboro only um, so so if you look at the so basically what this is is the little mini four team tournament right you've got you got mount vernon is is one and one against the other three pottsboro is oh and one winsboro is one and zero, oh and or no Winsboro is one and one, and then Miniola is two and one. So Pottsboro still has the two games, the two tough games left. So it's going to come down to who wins which game because there's going to be a tie at some point. You know, it's just, I, Mineola is, is at four and one, and they've got the the you know I would say the two the easier schedule left because Mineola has already played all three. Um, so when you look at Miniola and, and what they have left, they, they sh- you, you think Mineola is going to finish six and one. So I, right. I think someone's, someone else is going to finish six and one here. It's just a matter of, of who finishes six and one so that, to well, break the tie. And, and And let me just start with this.
0: Pottsboro is maybe they're one of the most baffling teams in the state, um, because like, I don't know, or, or maybe like they have that win over Gunner, and that's a really impressive win. Over Gunner, 3 division 1 over 3 Division 2, but still it's Gunner's only loss of the year. Yes. Then the next week they turn around and they get hammered by Melissa. Now that's a 4A team and a good 4-A team, but they get hammered. Then they lose to Miniola, and you're like, okay, like, who are you? And, well, and I'll it, tell you I'll I'll tell you who they are because I think I figured it out. They're a team that when their defense shows up, they're excellent. And when their defense doesn't show up, Anybody can beat them.
1: Yeah. And it's weird of with Pottsboro because they they, they had two forfeits. They, they the comp they had two forfeits sandwiched around the loss to Mineola. So really, Pottsboro hasn't won a game on the field since October second, when they beat Emory Rains. Cause then on the ninth, yeah, they had the forfeit against Commerce. They lost on the sixteenth to Mineola, and they had another forfeit win over Bonham last week. So it's just been a while since we've seen Pottsboro actually walk off the field feeling good about what they did.
0: Yeah, And so now you, you're going up against Mount Vernon and a team that that has their own – I mean, the quarterback matchup here is, is really, really fun to watch. I mean, Braden Plyler for Pottsboro and then Brock Neller, uh, the quarterback for Mount Vernon. They've both been excellent. Um, you know, Pottsboro is a team that, like, like honestly, that, that loss to Winsboro in hindsight – feels like it was a long time coming because they've been kind of playing with fire, uh, in district play. Um, they, 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 they no, they beat mini 23 to 20. Uh, they, they had to pull away late against Emory rains. Like their only real resounding win was that win over commerce. And so now it's like, all right, like you guys need to, 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 you know, uh, hit the, hit the jets here. Um, the defense has been pretty good, but the offense has just been kind of like spotty of late. And so yeah. that's a that's a big question. I think this chance, this game, I, I have no idea how it's going to go because you've got a couple of variables. Does the Pottsboro defense show up? Does the Mount Vernon offense show up? Like what, what do we see here from these teams? A lot of variables and, and just a ton at stake here because to go back to what we were talking about, when you take a look at Region 2, you better finish as high as possible. Like, yes. like you're you're dealing with a region that, of course, has Grandview. It has Malakoff. It has Gladewater, and then it has all the other teams within your own district that we all know now can all beat one another.
1: Well, and, and, so, and you don't you want it because those that first round matchup with District Six. I don't think you want to play Gladewater or T- Tatum is a real sleeper. You, even if you finish mm-hmm. third in this district, you're looking at a possible first-round matchup with Tatum, and I don't think that's a game that you, that you really want to play. I mean, I, that's a really tough first-round matchup. It's so not a gimme, yeah. You want to get one of those top two seeds, and I think the winner of this game, I think, is all I, – I, I don't want to say guaranteed a top two seed, but is in good shape for a top two seed, and I think the loser of this game is probably looking at third or fourth. I, th- I think this is this is a – uh, a tier type game where the winner is moves into that top tier 1-2 one, one, seed loser is in the 3-4 seed and I think there's the x factor is the road trip that's a tough road trip from Pottsboro all the way out to Mount Vernon that's a that's a pretty long trip that that's that's going to be a tough thing and Pottsboro you know last time they went on the road lost to Mineola so you know I think that's another yeah. factor as well
0: yeah uh I'm, I'm interested in this one my pick for the third pick is
1: Pottsboro Mount Vernon what
0: is your fourth pick Matthew
1: so many choices here, Senor Tepper. I'm gonna go for my Friday game that I'm going to uh, in the Metroplex. We're gonna go six A. We, we've been very small school heavy uh, this week, um, but I'm gonna go six A, yeah. uh, and I'm gonna go to a top twenty five matchup where uh, the Denton Geyer Wildcats, at three and one in one and zero in district play, uh, ranked number nine in the state, will take on the number fifteen team in the state, the Prosper Eagles, who are three and zero in one and zero in district, and. Uh, this is kind of an underrated game that hasn't gotten a lot of talk in the Metroplex, but but I think um, I think we're gonna finally learn a lot about Prosper in this ball game. You know, I, I was supposed to see Prosper a couple of weeks ago against DeSoto, in the game, uh, you know, COVID happened. Thanks a lot. Um, and Thanks so lot, we, we didn't get a chance to see, we didn't get a chance to see that game. So I, I think we have a pretty good gauge on where Geyer stands at the moment. Even though we, I think we would like to see them play Southlake in that to close that non district. Uh, but I think we got a good idea where Geier stands. But I think we're going to learn a lot more about Prosper um, in this ball game because last week Prosper, you know, they played on Saturday against Little Elm, and and they, you would have thought, you know, being quarantined for two weeks that they would come out of the gate slow, but but it was the actual opposite. They came out and, and they're up twenty four seven at the half. They kind of had to hold Little Elm off in the second half. They win thirty uh, to twenty. Their tight end Cameron Harpool seven catches one hundred and sixty one yards. Uh, led prosper but prosper is not going to wow you with uh, individual performances or, or big time numbers or I, I said it in the preview that they kind of strike me as, as a greater than the sum of their parts type team you know as, as a unit they're really strong but if you break them down individually you're just like there's some nice players here but they're a really good unit um, they're going against a guyer team that i think has the star power here uh, obviously, the Eli Stowers, uh, Grayson nobar the wide receiver, has really uh, made a big difference for them in their downfield passing game. They've got Deuce Harmon um, on the defensive side of the ball, another AM and m commit. Um, geyer has got the, uh, the the star power, so to speak. So, um, I think it's going to be a, ma- a battle, uh, a matchup, really of the star power on Geyer going against the uh, the the kind of the team concept uh, that Prosper uh, ha- has is rolling out right now. So. Um, I'm really interested in this game. I like Geyer because I don't think Pro- Prosper is really good in the trenches and they've been able to they're able to bully a lot of teams up front. They're not going to be able to bully Geyer. Geyer is going to be able to match up with them up front, and I think Geyer has the skill position talent to, that really gives them the edge in this ball game. But I think it's a really tough test for Geyer, and I think we're going to Rodney Webb's squad is really going to have to fight and scratch and claw in this game because I think this is kind of your your quote-unquote semifinal in District 5 uh 5, a because I think the winner is now takes that next step and moves into you know cha- can they challenge Allen uh, for the district title? I mean, don't get me wrong, Al, this is not a vintage Allen team, but they're still the favorite in the district overall.
0: Yeah, I think that's right, and and I think that I think that pro, you know this was the game that this was that this was that hipster game that when the districts were drawn, everyone was like, oh man, I'm really excited about Allen Geyer, and all of us like Dortch were like, uh, actually, uh, I'm really excited about Prosper and Geyer. Um yeah. <laughs> and so now we have our we have our we have our hipster uh, as you moment.
1: eat your avocado toast and and, and uh, look my down all toast, of us drinking my cold brew it's great. Uh-huh. Um
0: all right. Let's go on. My fourth pick is a game that we're going to try again. Let's just try again. Let's hey we want to get a view and
1: Glenrose so let's just do it again. Yeah.
0: Saturday night let's go to Mart ISD Athletic Complex. In McLennan County. McLennan County, yeah, they split. They're yeah. like right between McLennan. Yep. Yeah. As the Mart Panthers take on the Bremont Tigers, and uh, this game was supposed to be a month ago, and we might have even previewed it on the show. I think um, we did. But I'm going to do it again, and you can't yeah. stop me. Um. So, Bremond is about to play. This will be their third game in 10 days. Um, yeah, they play Lightning Mart, too. Yeah, they played last night. They beat Chilton no, 40 to 20. Mart had a no, Mart didn't last play like
1: week. Actually, actually, no,
0: no. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Bremon right. played Wortham. And then because Bremon, Bremon got hit with the Rona. Bremon got hit with yeah. coronavirus. And they had to cancel a couple of games or postpone a couple of games. Well, now we get kind of the district championship game, uh, you know, there in 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 this district as uh the number one team in the state. Takes on uh, Mart and gets their biggest challenge. Both teams, uh, both teams undefeated in district play. And look, I don't have any illusions that Bremond is going to beat Mart. Um, I think that Mart is a heavy favorite. Mart is, in fact, according to the computer, a 32-point favorite. That would be among the largest upsets in the state this year. Yes. What I want to see is Bremond make Mart play four quarters. Because the last time, the last competitive game that Mart played, let me pull this up. The last competitive game that Mart played was um, Whitney. Like, yeah, it's been know, a while. At, I mean, it's not just yeah. at, at the very least, they they they, they got pushed by McGregor.
1: The um, starters had to play at, into the fourth quarter.
0: Yes, that's that's yeah. it. So all I want to see is 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 Bremond, give them a push. And I do think that they are the type of offense that can challenge them. Uh, Seth Kozowski is great. Uh, he's a
1: he's great quarterback. Good. Yes.
0: And I think I think he's going to be able to challenge this marked defense that plain and simple hasn't been pushed. Now part of it is that they have only given up uh, a grand total of, let me do some quick math, 21 points in their last four games. But – This is a team that I think that I think Bremond can push them defensively. The other side's the problem because I'm just not sure how Bremond stops Mart. I'm just not sure how Bremond stops um, the, the Roger Freeman and that Mart tack. Yeah. Um, So this is, this is to me only the interesting data point is does the Bremond offense find some traction Saturday against Mart's defense? Because that could be, Telling as we look at Mark going into the playoffs,
1: absolutely. Because I think in 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 a a weird warped sense, you, you, I think Kevin Hoffman wants Breamon to push his team. I think he, I think he wants to have to have to keep his starters in for three three and a half quarters, just just to for conditioning purposes alone. Because if they don't, I just don't feel like Mart is going to get pushed. Until maybe the regional finals. I mean, it's just one of those. I just don't think there's, they're going to play anyone that's on their in their weight class. So, I, I think in a kind of weird warp sense, Kevin Hoffman would like to see a a thirty five to seven kind of game where his starters have to play where it's it's comfortable, but it's not comfortable enough where he can put he he looks bad if he pulls us he doesn't pull his starters. You know, I think he wants it to be kind of he he. he in a way, Bremon just kind of stay in shouting distance, so that way he can play his starters for a little bit longer and try to hopefully um, get his guys get a, a little push. bit of conditioning. Yeah, so um, it's kind of a, a there weird is, there situation they're in.
0: Because there will be games, at least in the state championship game, where they're going to have to play all four quarters. Yeah, they are not they are not leaps and bounds better than every team in the state. I think they're the best team in the state. But they're not leaps and bounds better than every team in the state. They're going to get pushed, and 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 we've seen this. It's 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 the old Refurio thing, right? Of like Refurio was just beating the snot out of people, and they get to the playoffs, and they'd have to play in the fourth quarter, and they just they had no that nothing in the tank. So yeah, I I, I am very interested in this matchup, uh, in in Mart and Bremont. We should finally get to see. It. What is your final pick, Matthew?
1: I'm going to go back up to the Panhandle, which has been – kind of the Panhandle. I, I don't know. Is Farwell in the Panhandle or is it more the South Plains? Farwell is in this weird kind of no-man's land. We man's call lane. Farwell the South Plains. OK. I mean because Farwell is literally on the New Mexico border. Yeah. I mean it is right. Like, you can throw a rock and hit New Mexico from Farwell. Mm-hmm. Uh but that's to say, uh, the Panhandle Panthers visit the Farwell Steers in a game that I think is going to decide the 1-2A uh, Division one title. And uh, would you be surprised to learn, Tepper, that uh, a Panhandle defense that allowed 91 points just a few weeks ago uh, pitched a shutout last week as they beat Boys Ranch 62 to nothing. And I know, I know, Boys Ranch, they're on a long losing streak. They're not a very good team. But that Panhandle defense has been bad this year. Yeah. I mean, Unobject- objectively bad. I mean, you look yes. at what Panhandles. I mean, some of the point totals that they've allowed this year, and oh, wow. I me mean, pull it up. Hold on, it's pretty shocking. I mean, other than 91 points, I mean, they 68 to Childress, 35 to Vega, and a win. They gave up 50 to West Texas the week before. I mean, they've given up a lot of points. The, the thing is, though, every game that Panhandles played on the field, they've scored at least 42 points. Yeah, that offense that they have is a flame thrower. Uh, Wesley Jones, Landon Hack. I mean, that offense they they can score on just about anyone, including three. I mean, they 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 put up forty five on on Childress, and Childress is a really good three A Division two team. So we know Panhandle can score. They're going up against a Farwell team that, that that gets it done a little bit differently. Farwell likes to run the football. They like to play physical. They like to play tough. And I thought last week the Steers made a abs- the, the last couple of weeks, Farwell's made a couple of big statements. Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks ago, they beat Italy in a neutral site game that was scheduled at the last minute because both teams needed a game, and, that, and that's a really good Italy team. They beat Italy 21-14, to and then last week, they beat West Texas 40-6. to That dominance was, was absolutely impressive. And this freshman, this freshman, a freshman, freshman at Marwell, Corey Stansell, 269 yards rushing, three touchdowns, and just for good measure, he just decided to chip in 11 tackles on the defensive side of the ball. This 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 kid is a difference maker for Farwell, and and in Farwell, I believe moved up to Division One this year from Division Two, and they're I think mean, that's they're right. A, they're absolutely. I mean, seven and one is just impressive. So, um, I think this is kind of going to be this classic clash of styles game, where I think based on the the number of possessions, kind of like what we talked about um, earlier um, with the game with uh, uh, which game with was Joaquin, it? It was Joaquin and Timpson. I think. That very similar in this game if, if we're talking about a 910 possession game i think it's farwell it's panhandle's game to win but if farwell holds it under holds it to five or six possessions for each team i think then that's that's a farwell kind of game i like panhandle i just don't know if, if anyone um I, I just don't know if anyone outside of uh post or or sanssabba can slow panhandle down um, in, in this in this region, so I, I give the edge to Panhandle, but but I think it's a really fascinating game just to see is this Farwell team really for, really for real and a team that we need to talk about as a contender in Region One.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that this is this is kind of a a. a um... Like this is this is an, a a big test for Farwell. Like we'll learn. It's a referendum on them. It's like we're going to find out. It's like you've been impressive. We all agree you've been impressive. Like now, go out there and do it against a team that we know what we know exactly what Panhandle is. Basically, like last week's defensive stand notwithstanding, we know what Panhandle is. They are a team that outscores people. They outgun people, um, and they are going to be. They're going to give up points. So. What does Farwell do that? Because even if far, like honestly, if Farwell holds them to like thirty-five points, like that is a huge accomplishment.
1: Yeah, no, <laughs> you know? no, no one's done it this year.
0: Oh, exactly.
1: So, all right, that's a good pick.
0: I have done four small school games, so I have to, I have I to give small them a school look Tepper. A, I am small school Tepper, but we're gonna do. We're gonna round it all out with a nice non-district game uh, in the Houston area as the this is noon saturday as the dickinson gators visit the Katy tigers and i i think i like this dickinson team i think okay. i like them okay uh, I, I think I, i'm i'm intrigued very intrigued this is a team that we we thought was going to be very young and and they are they are very young uh, but this is a team that their defense so far in two games, now they've only played two games, but uh, they are like they held Fort Bend Ridge Point to 21 points and they shut out Kloop Rouseswood. Uh, their defense has been very good. And they are a team that like what I, what I really respect about Johnson Nelson is he is one of those guys who's going to fit the scheme to his players and not the players to his scheme. And this year, They've needed – if you remember, they had Mike Welch the past couple of years. Mike Welch, right? Yes, yeah. Uh, Their quarterback. And he's been great. And so they threw the ball a lot. Well, now they are much more of a running team. They've got a running back by the name of – I had his name here, and I I had to pronounce it on the picks video, so that was – it's Osaru Allah is his name. And he's been great. And then they've been rotating in a pair of quarterbacks that have just kind of trying to figure out exactly what they're doing. And it's worked. Like, it's worked so far. Um, Well, here's your big test for both sides of the ball, both sides of the ball, because on one hand, the defense has been very good, but they are now going up against this kind of newly re, re, you know, connoitered kind of Tigers offense that has like none of the players we thought they were going to have (laughs) in the preseason. But instead, they went they went out back to the running back tree and they picked off a sophomore in Seth Davis. And he's been awesome. it has been really good. Um, so that's a huge test for the Dickinson defense, which has been very good so far. And now they have to go up against what has been – what is the traditional power KD defense um, led by Hunter Washington that's been fantastic. Uh, we think we know what KD is. We think KD is once again a very elite team and potentially – excellent on both sides of the ball we know they're excellent on the defensive side of the ball we have an inkling they might actually be excellent on the offensive side of the ball despite all their losses this is a this is i think a really nice test for dickinson before they get into the heart of district play uh i i i think they're the favorite in region in district 24 24 6a um, if they go out there and they hang with Katie and they, they even push Katie into the fourth quarter, I'll be pretty sure that they're the favorite in district 246A. Claire Springs is probably uh, you know the, the chief challenger there. Agreed. but this is a this is a really, really interesting game that I think we will learn a lot about Dickinson. Uh, like the best this is by far the best team they've played so far and it'll be a really interesting test to see uh, you know as far as trying to figure out exactly how far they can go in the playoffs, uh, you know, they would go to, the, they go to the division one bracket, which is no bueno, but this is a nice test for them. Uh, I think.
1: I agree. I think, I I think we're going to learn more about Dickinson in this game. So, but I'm interested to see, because uh, the Katie defense is, is the most, is really consistent. And I think we're starting to see that offense get going, but I think we're going to learn a lot about Dickinson. If they can hang with Katie, then I, I think we, we look at Dickinson Maybe not as as a contender in Division One, Region Three, but a team kind of on that on that second tier. Right now, I, I would say Dickinson's kind of on that third tier at the moment when it I comes agree. to Region Three, Division One. But if they can hang with Katie and put together a, a, a really good performance, I think that, that elevates them into that second tier. Yes. Yeah.
0: So that is your draft. Uh, Step took Huntsville, AM Consolidated, Dumas Canyon, Grandview, Glen Rose, Geyer, Prosper, and Farwell Panhandle. I took Timpson, Joaquin, Ballinger, Banks, Pottsboro, Mount Vernon. Mark Bremont and Katie Dickinson. So of those games, we had eight small school games, eight, eight, no, uh, seven small school games and
1: three big school games. That's, uh, yeah. I mean, we, we were very small school, but it's a great week for the small schools, but they're, we're, we're running to the end of the season. and We have all these games where district titles are on the line. So those are the kind of going to be the games that we're, we're focused on a little bit more.
0: All right. It's now time. For Matt Stepp's hipster game of the week,
1: well, I've kind of already teased it and talked about it. It's yeah. it, it's it's Roosevelt North Dallas. I mean, it's it's you you talk about a game where a team could be potentially making the playoffs for the first time since 1952. That that's you know, like I said, Roosevelt. I don't think either of these teams have d- uh, delusions of grandeur and making a state title run, but I think just from a pure aesthetic standpoint, North Dallas and that and that potential to clinch a playoff spot for the first time since 1952 is just uh, too good to pass up for me. So that's my uh, my hipster game. Let me just put it this way. The last
0: time North Dallas made the playoffs, Dave Campbell was 26 years old. Uh, Dave, Dave is presently 94. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. My hipster game of the week uh, is actually – I'm going to go small school again. Man, I'm small school Man. tempered. Let's go – to Bill Easterling Memorial Stadium in Coahoma. All right. As the Coahoma Bulldogs welcome in the Eagles of Lubbock Roosevelt okay. in what is I would say it's it's at the very yeah, it's this is a district positioning game. I don't anticipate that Reagan County or Stanton are going to surge and be able to make the playoffs. But this is a really fascinating game. You know, uh, Lubbock-Roosevelt got off to that 7-0 start. They're coming off of a, a loss to Abernathy. But that was, I'll say this, like we had, I talked, I, I, I might have mentioned this on some, somewhere else, but Lubbock-Roosevelt was off to the 7-0 start looking really good, but there were big questions about whether or not they played anybody, right? Mm-hmm. They had wins over, like, the only team with a winning record or a 500 record that they had beaten was New Home which is like a 2A team, and like a, I believe they're just now into the 11-man ranks.
1: This is their third year, yeah.
0: Third year, yeah. So it's like, uh, you know, I think their 28-12 loss at Abernathy last week is their best result of the year. Mm. Like, I still think this is a good Lubbock-Roosevelt team. Uh, their defense, I think, is really, really solid. Uh, going up against a Coahoma squad that is six and 6-1 on the year, they are they've got an outstanding quarterback uh, in Colt Redden they can run the ball really really well with Bryson Kirby they have a lot of different ways that you can beat they can beat you and when you take a look at this district at 3 uh, 4 3A division 2 um, you've got Abernathy and Idaloo i think those are probably the two best teams in the district uh, uh, you know Abernathy's already got a loss uh, to Idaloo i believe uh, yeah, they've already got the loss to Idalou, so Idolu is probably going to run away and win that district. But you, the winner of this game, could grab that second spot. They could grab that number two spot depending on what how, how Abernathy finishes. Um, and so, uh, at the very least, a lot of a lot of big time kind of jockeying for position here. Um, and and you know the other thing about this is that this is definitely. I would say a district in which you want to finish as high as possible because if you finish fourth in this district, you get instant death uh, by, by at the hands of Canadian in the first round. Yes, like this is this is a game you need to win.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> like, to
0: avoid, to, but now that's not to say that having Childress in the first round to finish finish third is any sort of particular like fun.
1: It's not but, a reward.
0: <laughs> no, but. If you like playing Canadian in the first round is instant heat death. Like that is, that is it. If you go and you win this game, you got a shot. Like maybe you can challenge. So I'm, I'm interested in this one. Uh, How does the Coahoma offense fare against what's been a very good lubbock Roosevelt defense? That is my hipster game of the week. Um, I think we've pretty much already run through your crazy week.
1: Yeah, we have. have, Yeah, yeah. I mean, Thursday I'll be at North Dallas Roosevelt. Friday I'm going to Prosper and Denton-Geyer. Uh, Saturday, I'll be in Houston. I've got a doubleheader. Um, I, I haven't talked about my Saturday game. Saturday, I'll be at, um, at 2 o'clock. I'll be at Houston Heights and Houston Westside. And then Saturday night at 6, uh, Halloween night, I'll be at Houston Wheatley against Houston Yates, which I think Wheatley and Yates, I think, could potentially decide the District 11 for a Division One district title. So well, hot some, diggity. Yeah, so, you know, pretty that good week. So I'm, I'm excited, so, you know. Yeah. Good that week. should be uh, that should be a lot of fun. I'm, and then I'm, Monday, I'm I'll be at Monday, I'll be at Nevada Community in Quinlan Ford, and then uh, I guess we'll plan on either recording uh, this next podcast either Monday morning or Tuesday morning.
0: Let me tell you where the Fox reporters are going to be. Um, let's see. Paige Schnorbach will be at Joaquin and Timpson. Whitley Pleasant will be at a very interesting game, Cy Park in Bridgeland.
1: Okay, okay. Cy you? Park is really kind of one of the surprise teams. Yeah.
0: Uh, Sarah Merrifield will be at denton and Prosper. So you can wade to Sarah. Uh, Lauren Blackwell will be at Grandview and Glenrose. Pickle will be at AM Consolidated Huntsville. Austin Ivan gets to be at Bangs and Ballinger. And Katie Angelson is heading to Bernie and Lavernia, which Man, is an interesting I'm kind of hill county. That is a good.
1: County. It is. I'll have to say hi to Sarah. Sarah Sarah is uh, <laughs> she's always uh, very nice to me. So I'll make sure I say hello to her. That's nice. She's very mean to me all the time.
0: Well, anyway. You know. That's, I probably deserve it. You do. Uh, all right. That is going to do it for us for our week 10 episode of Tep and Stuff. Thanks for dealing with us being a little bit late, but Step had to do that. Well, we're going to be late again next week. So you can just, uh, you know. Get used to it. You it. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, yeah. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. And, Step. thanks for your courage. Thank you. See you next week.